Today on CityCast Chicago, we're less than 24 hours away from a real G holiday. Yeah, I'm celebrating my birthday this weekend. But before I jump into my chill Saturday, I want to look back on some Chicago stories from the week. To help me do so, staff writers from the Chicago Reader, Kelly Garcia and Katie Prout. It's Friday, April 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Welcome to CityCast, y'all. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Before we look back on some stories from the week that grabbed our attention, I wanted to start with this piece I saw in Time Out, and it was called 28 Things That Are Normal in Chicago But Seem Weird to Outsiders. And so I sent this article to both of y'all, and I wanted to see what was something on here that you agree with or you completely disagree with. Katie, I'm going to start with you. What one jumped out to you on this 28 things that are normal in Chicago but seem weird to outsiders? One of the things that jumped out to me uh, was the tamale guy. You know, there's someone always, you know, in different bars kind of throughout the city, you'll find folks, you know, selling tamales. One that I like did not get or gel with, and maybe this is something I should know, but like someone says something about you taking water taxis to work. And I was like, what are you talking about? Apparently that's the thing. Our lead producer, Carrie Shepard loves the water taxis from over at Ping Tom Park. Um, I pers- I never been on a water taxi. I've never heard of that. Yeah, they are over there. They tucked. I I have personally never been on one, but but apparently, according to this 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 list, uh, people are taking these mugs to work throughout the week. Uh, the tamale guy for sure. If you out on in, in parts of the city, you at a bar, maybe it could be you could be out for brunch. You could be out at twelve. You might catch a mug selling tamales uh, around you. Kelly, what was one that uh, stood out to you from this list? Yeah, I'm very passionate about this topic because I think Chicagoans (laughs) do a lot of weird things. Um, But the top one for me, I think, is the CPS high school selection process. I still am... I, I get blown away by that. Um, Applying to high schools like you would with college. That's on the list. And I, I'm originally from Orlando. So it's, you know, I, I too like applied to a magnet high school because my neighborhood school didn't have like a theater department type of thing. And so I wanted to do that. So I understand the like desire for young high school kids to want to go to a school that has something that their neighborhood school might not. But here every year around like March, I am just blown away by parents and teachers who like have to remind their kids hey you like you are worth it it's okay if you didn't make it to school that was one for me and the other one was um stopping in the middle of the intersection to make a left I don't drive but like my boyfriend does and so sometimes I'm like get really nervous when he's just like in the middle and the light turns yellow and I'm like okay what's our producer Simone said that when we was going through the list earlier she was like and y'all let multiple people go after the red light it's just I've got caught and got caught sitting out at the red light over on uh, 79th and South Chicago and Stony Island and gotten into an accident because the people in front of me just didn't go fast enough. And so I was just caught out there and I just got hit from like two oh, different sides. I ended up in like a Taco Bell parking lot, yeah. like, oh like half a block yeah. away. It was it was a scary accident, but it was directly related to just being out there as the, as the light turned. Yeah, I'm from Michigan. I'm home right now visiting my family and uh, it's really messed up mm-hmm. my ability to drive back in my hometown because of how I take left turns where I'm just like, I pull out all the way. I just hang out there and then I turn on an orange and or red and I'm like, 
going to get a ticket. The one that really got me, uh, and it's the courtesy honk at the alleys. Like, I don't have a car anymore either, but I appreciate a good courtesy honk. Come on, if you flying through the alley, or even if you're slow pushing it, give me a courtesy honk so I can stop. So I can just move. And I'm going to always give the courtesy honk. Even if I know nobody's walking on the sidewalk, I'm going to always give it. And so, and so that's just a norm. I know we hear a lot of honking in the city, but I think one of the reasons I'm a little desensitized to it is because I just told myself, maybe that's a courtesy honk for the alley. Maybe, maybe they're not being rude. They're just letting people know. Now we're going to look back on some stories that really dominated our attention this week. Uh, Kelly, I'm going to start with you. What was the story that, that was on your mind this week? Well, the Chicago Reader. Um, <laughs> we were finally able to make our final transition this week into becoming a nonprofit. This is after almost five months now of former co-owner Len Goodman. Um, this goes back to a column he published back in November in our paper. He was critical of the COVID-19 vaccine for children. Um, and so a lot of staff and readers had problems with the call and we requested a fact check um, and that pissed him off. Um, and as co-owner, he had the power to delay the sale of our paper. Um, so for five months, we were not fundraising. We were not able to make new hires. So um, this week right. successfully on Tuesday after a rally we held outside his home last week, we were able to, uh, he actually broke it to the Chicago Tribune, not to us, um, about um you know, stepping down and uh, finalizing that sale. Katie, as somebody who's working there, what was the last five months like as, you know, you all are telling people, you know, you might run out of money, you might go up. Like, like what is that pressure like? This opens up for us, I mean, the world. Uh, we can focus back again, on what we're here to do, what we're hired to do, what we care about doing, but then also can focus too on making, continuing to make our workplace a healthier more equitable um, and uh, vibrant uh, newsroom and outlet for all. Yeah. Um, Goodman, along with three ally board members, uh, decided to step down. They told the Tribune that we cannot continue the fight without destroying the reader. Um, Kelly, so what's next for the reader? I know that the, the transition to a nonprofit is official, uh, but what's next? Yeah, so the paper itself, we're going to start hiring a lot more people, and we're also going to start fundraising now. Um, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, please check out our website. Um, you can now make a donation. Um, as it relates to the union, next for us is bargaining. Such a privilege to be a part of this union during this entire crisis. I don't think that we would be here talking about this right now if it wasn't for the union. And I'm really excited to see all of our future wins. Hey, get up, get down. Chicago is a union town. Exactly. City Council approved by three votes Mayor Lori Lightfoot's plan to use $12.5 million of our dollars to give out gas cards and public transit credit to people across the city. And on its face, providing relief to Chicagoans is a good idea. But when you bring in the fact that Willie Wilson has done three gas giveaways and that has felt extremely politically motivated, like um, a, a good amount of his philanthropy. And that's not me to say he doesn't have good intention, but it, it does feel directly connected to his run for mayor. And for the mayor to respond with a similar type ordinance as she prepares to announce her official uh, campaign for reelection, and so, Katie, can you jump in here for me? I know y'all both said y'all don't, you know, drive primarily, but how, how y'all feel about this? Man, I have so many things to say, and a lot of them are swear words. 
it's so it's this is not like I take the I take the train a lot downtown for work and um to interview folks down there and like that it adds up you know like the CTA could be cheaper why don't we should make the CTA cheaper <laughs> and like instead of this like quick gimmick flash in a pan like there's so many long term solutions um that are desperately needed and this is this is not this is not it. Yeah. And for a city that's constantly saying it doesn't have money for like anti-violence intervention or, you know, for mental exactly. health. Exactly. Like finding $12.5 million, you know. It, to do this. It's a drop in the bucket in our city's uh, overall budget. But it, it you know, it, again, doesn't feel good um, at times. Kelly, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I feel the exact same way. It happens every election cycle, right? <laughs> our mayors and our uh, our aldermen um, and also our political candidates uh, who run multiple times love to uh they love to throw around these these gift bags for people right before election season um i agree with katie i think well i'm i'm a huge advocate of just making public transportation free um but you're right in that we should just reduce the fare uh, that's more sustainable um than giving out uh fare tickets and gas cards um but yeah that's that's just the nature of chicago politics and then just how close it was to the other giveaways. It was just like, could you be any any more obvious right now? This this doesn't like are you going and then if you go out there and like pump somebody's gas, if you just do a whole photo op with it, I'm just it 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 feels for something to be twelve point five million dollars, it feels extremely cheap. It's embarrassing. We're going to transition into some some stories that we want to make sure get more attention this week that don't fall by the wayside. Katie, what was the story that you want to make sure people don't miss this week as they head into the weekend? I am following the story that I just read in the WBZ um, about taking a close look at the data that the police department has collected on carjackings in Chicago um, and that this narrative that's emerged over the last couple of years um, that media has helped perpetuate for sure, but it's also been like a direct reporting point from um, CPD that the carjackings are the you know the result of youth who are who especially like uh, targeting like youth of color, um, saying that it's it's because they don't they're not in school or if they are in school they don't have enough to do after school. Uh, what the data is showing is that it's not really like. That's actually not the case, that this is a crime um, based on instead of like just joyriding and risk and thrill, it's 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 a economic it's mo- the, the motivation right. is economics. Right. And people need to like are selling these cars for parts um, and scrapping them down. And so, uh, yeah, for me, that was a, a lesson in seeing um, what story like, A, not always quoting the police as just, you know, you got to fact check them. Right. Don't just run with that narrative, but also like. What story do you want the data to tell? And then what story, though, is the data like actually telling? Yeah. the According to the numbers, there were less than or fewer than a thousand carjackings each year prior to the pandemic. And since we had about 2000 last year and right now, reports say they may be higher this year. And I agree throughout this. Con- we've had some conversations on the show about like, why do people carjack? Like, where are we seeing seeing the growth at? But you s- do see time and time again that the easy answer police and officials reach to is, you know, kids aren't in school. They just want to have a 
good time. They want to go out and play Grand Theft Auto in the streets. And so the more we can broaden the conversation from just like, how do we lock these kids up? How do we punish these kids? So like, how do we get ahead of this? How do we give uh, kids more outlets and more opportunities uh, around the city? I think we'll we'll serve everybody uh, in the long run. Also not waiting until, don't look at kids, especially poor kids and kids of color as like a problem to be solved. Do it because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do and because you want, like believe in them and their futures. <laughs> you know, don't wait until it's like, oh, it's like a band-aid that like it's something that we need to do because in response to a problem. Mm-hmm. Kelly, what is the underhyped story that you want to make sure people pay attention to this week? Yeah, I'm following the latest environmental justice fight over on the southwest side. Um, I attended a community meeting in Pilsen last night at the St. Paul Church. Um, where activists were demanding that the city um, conduct a comprehensive report of air quality and pollution in the area, and also demanding a full stop of Sims Metal man- Management, which is a like a metal scrap business that operates in Pilsen, literally across from a high school. Um, and so, it's similar to the to the General Iron business that we've people have heard a lot about over the last couple of years. Yes, exactly. And this business is seeking permits from the city and state. Um, so organizers are also demanding that those be denied as well. Um, but the Southwest side has historically been, as you said last night, a a dumping waste for the city. And so, um, I think this is, uh, going to be a a next big fight, um, in terms of environmental justice and and climate change. Mm -hmm. The, and this comes after the American Lung Association ranked Chicago, I think 16th for air pollution and smog. This comes after reports have shown that, you know, uh, Latino communities on the Southwest sides are living in the worst air quality in the city. Um, and, and so this this uh, health impact study the department hopes will be done by 2023, uh, I think is just gonna show us information we already know, what the community has already been telling people. And so again, I'm always split with this conversation because it does feel like more people are talking about it, but it doesn't feel like we're moving nearly fast enough. And I think because a lot of that is tied to jobs, right? For a long time, the Southwest side was home to a lot of manufacturing industry jobs, um, which what does it mean for people on the Southwest side who work at these plants uh, like wh- where should they, you know, what does job creation look like in mm-hmm. uh, a healthy environment? But I think that we are seeing more urgency because of the organizing that happened down in the southeast side with General Iron. Um, I believe the city is uh, investing $188 million uh, from the Chicago Recovery Plan to address uh, climate concerns. Um, so that's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, but there's nuance to all of this. We won't leave people and push people into the weekend with some good news to get them through the weekend, y'all. Kelly, what's your moment of joy or your some good news for the people? Well, on Tuesday, I believe at the same time that we had actually learned that the reader was going to transition to nonprofit, uh, we also learned that UIC grad students uh, were also able to reach an agreement. Yep. Um, and I believe they got a 16% increase in their pay over the next three years. Um, and so that was another huge win for our, our union town here. And so I was really happy mm-hmm. to hear that. 
We sat down with Professor Shirk. He's a labor historian over at UIC to break down what UIC students wanted. And so it's it really good to see, especially coming out of the pandemic, you know, student unions in particular, right? Obviously, workers' unions are important, but I don't think people recognize or even realize that graduate students, how much work they do. I'm just glad that they made their voices heard as loudly as they did uh, and able to secure uh, some victories. Again, Chicago is a union town, and I'm learning this more and more every day as people come out and make their voices heard. Katie, what's your some good news to get the people through the weekend? You know, I'm I'm currently scrambling because Kelly, like, that was my good news. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm just on a union high right now. I marching around singing Solidarity Forever, like, you know... <laughs> That's kind of like what's been swimming in my brain. <laughs> it's just like how good it is to be able to see what kind of, um, you know, what can come through uh, when you have solidarity with one another. Oh, no, that is beautiful. And that, I mean, again, those are two um, really important wins. I want to show some love with my some good news uh, to the tribe. Right. It's one of the best outlets we have here in Chicago. And there was a piece that came out uh a couple of days ago from Corley J and it's called how my great grandfather's garden out South has fed my family for generations. Uh, in this piece, she talks about her grandfather, who I believe is 90 years old. And since living in Chicago, he's originally from Mississippi. Uh, he has had this garden behind their family's two flat that has provided produce, cucumbers and tomato and green and red pepper to different members of their family for her entire life. And it also kind of felt like my story in some respects, because my grandfather was a Mississippi transplant who lived in Gresham, who loved to garden. And I'm going to be real. My uh, grandpa Carl was not the the nicest man but when he was gardening he was the sweetest when he was giving us tomatoes and salted cucumbers and, and, and giving us peppers that's when he was his nicest self and my mom would always share stories just reading about Corley's grandfather and he starts his harvest or he, he starts, you know, getting his his garden ready around Mother's Day every single year. And that's coming up next week. Um, and it's the first uh, time they'll be celebrating without her grandmother who passed in March, uh, which is, again, something I can 100 percent relate to. And so, you know, I I just hope people read it. They and if you have your grandparents still around it inspires you to give them a call, go spend some time with them. Uh, but I just love you know, how so many black Chicago stories look similar. I'll drop the link to how my great grandfather's garden out South has fed my family for generations. And um, I, I know so many people who are great migration babies will be able to connect to it. Thank you for sharing that story with us. It's a, like for your own personal story as well. It's really beautiful. And um, I had not heard about this story, so I'm going to go read it right ass now <laughs> as soon as we're off of this call. Now as my mom prepares to get her little tomatoes um, going this summer, um, I, and, and I you know, think back on my grandfather in the same way Corley thinks back on her grandmother, I just, I'm so grateful for the things that they've passed down to me. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, my ancestors and my Chicago lineage runs deep, and, and this story just made me feel so much, so grateful for it.
A shout out to the Chicago readers, Katie Prout and Kelly Garcia. Thank y'all for making time. Shout out to the entire uh, staff over at the Chicago Reader and the Chicago Readers Union. Congratulations on your win this week. Um, yeah, thank you for coming to CityCast, y'all. We are nothing without the people who stop by to give us their voice and their thank time. Thank you. We're always excited to be here. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Before I let you go, you heard me ask Kelly and Katie about timeouts list of things that are normal to people who live in Chicago, but weird to people who might not be from here. So, you know, I had to ask our team, what are some of those things that stand out to them? Lead producer Carrie Shepard, you've been in Chicago for a long time now. What's some things that you normalize that other people might find weird? I never realized how many people were confused about the term alderman outside Chicago. Producer Simone Alisea, you're originally from Seattle. What's some things that you just haven't accepted about Chicago yet? This might be more of a general Midwest thing, but I really can't get over the monthly tornado siren tests. The first time I heard it, it really freaked me out. Newsletter writer Sydney Madden, like me, you born and raised here. What's some things that's just like normal to you as a Chicagoan? I'm going to say applying to high schools is really normal here. I've had to explain it to college friends down in Champaign and also friends from the suburbs. And me, I'm going to be real. I find it both fascinating and a little overwhelming how Chicagoans show loyalty and honesty by putting things on other things, right? Like on baby, on God, on phone name. I mean, on my mama is hella interesting, right? I also want to hear from you. What's some things that are either normal or weird about Chicago behavior? The best way to reach out to us is via voicemail at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and what's something that's either normal or weird about Chicago behavior? Of course, I got to thank the people who make the music here at CityCast. That's Sam Thousand and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Hey, it's Axios reporter Monica Ang, and I want to say happy birthday to two of my favorite people, Carrie Shepard and Jacoby Cochran. Hey, Jacoby, it's mom wishing you the happiest birthday and encouraging you to continue to shine bright and light up the sky so that all the gardens you touch will produce the loveliest flowers. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to both of you. I just want to wish love and light and a happy birthday to Jacoby and Carrie. Chicago and Chicago News is better for having you. So fitting that we're all using our voice to wish one of the biggest voices of Chicago a happy birthday. Thank you for bigging up Chicago all the time. And yeah, have a good one. Four piece mouth sauce. What's up, Kobe? It's Dario. And Sarah. And just here to wish you a happy birthday, my brother. Uh, much love. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Give him a coin. There you go. Hey, happy birthday, Carrie. It's Matt. I'm on my way to get your great birthday cake. Smooch. I sent a card, but I realized I didn't have an address, so I just put on CityCast Chicago and no stamp. But anyway, this is better than a card.